0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Beach Boys are chronicled in the new Brian Wilson documentary, Long Promise Road, premiering tomorrow at the Tribeca Film Festival. You'll hear from Wilson in just a few minutes, but first we begin with my conversation with Beach Boys lead singer, Mike Love.
2: Oh, wow. Well, I'm speaking with the one and only Jason at T.O.P. <laughs> <laughs> You're darn right. Great. Music is been a, a fact of life since since we were born uh, in this family, and and of course the Beach Boys is primarily a family group. There's myself and my first cousins Brian, Dennis, and Carl Wilson. That that that's what got us started at, at family gatherings. Uh, you know, like Christmas parties and stuff like that and birthday parties and every special occasion uh, always involved music. My mother, you know, she was so into music. She was into opera and symphonies and all that. You know, I've always felt that, for instance, California Girls, the opening of California Girls was like an overture in itself. It's true. Yeah. And, you know, my cousin Brian, around that time in 65 and 66, when we did the Pet Sounds album, there were a lot of symphonic or, or instrumentation that's that's ordinarily, you know, consigned to just symphonies, but we used it in our rock or our pop music. So, for instance, the the, the opening strains of California Girls is magnificent with an orchestra. Uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice It's phenomenal with an orchestra. Uh, God Only Knows is incredible with the orchestra. Yeah. And they're, like, we have an arrangement of In My Room, one of our really beautiful ballads, that is just, incredibly beautiful.
0: Pet Sounds goes down as one of the greatest albums ever, but did you have a sense at the time, as you're cutting it, of this could be something special?
2: Well, we knew it was special because the orchestrations and the arrangements and the musicianship uh, for the tracks were, were done by the, the best musicians in, in in the West Coast at that time. We were on tour in Japan when we came back from Japan. There was See, because Brian Wilson ceased to tour with the Beach Boys in 1964. Mm -hmm. I mean, occasionally he'd come out over the years and and do some shows, but he retired from touring to devote himself full-time to production, Mm -hmm. writing and arranging and producing albums. So that left us as the touring group. Myself, Carl Wilson, Dennis Wilson, Bruce Johnston, Alan Jardine, we would all go and tour. We came back from Japan... And, um, I mean, we were sent uh, acetates, which are like a record, but they're just, they're just made right there in the studio. Right. They're not mass produced. They're, they're acetates at the time. And we would play, nowadays, you'd, you'd send an MP3 or something on your cell phone or, <laughs> uh, or, or to your computer and play yeah. it. But those days, it was like a little record. And, um, in fact, Bruce Johnston... Took an acetate of the Pet Sounds album and played it for John Lennon and Paul McCartney Man. in England. Wow! Um, uh, and they they heard it and they they were very impressed and got busy on the on their uh, Sgt. Pepper's album. <laughs> we knew the songs were going to be special because the orchestration and the arrangements were brilliant. And we came in and did all the vocals. We sang all the vocals. We worked very hard on all the vocals. And, uh, and there is a CD that exists, a, a box set, that just has the vocals alone. And when you listen to that, it's, it's pretty incredible how uh, phenomenal the vocal arrangements are. That's awesome. Yeah, you
0: mentioned uh, you mentioned playing the acetate for the for John Lennon and and Paul McCartney. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that McCartney said "God only knows" was his favorite song or his the mo- the best written song, something like that. He was just in all of it. Um, yes. How? how um, he, he's been very
2: generous in his praise. <laughs> do you,
0: how do you, do you think there was a little uh, back and forth uh, influence there? Do you think that them hearing that uh, influenced Sgt. Pepper
2: at all? Well, they say that, that that was the case. I mean, um, there was a, a, a rivalry there, but it wasn't like a negative thing at all. It was like, oh wow, that was great. Well, we better we better do something really great too. You know, we better up our so game. It was like that. It was <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. It was like it's like if you're playing basketball with somebody and they're they have a really good you know hook or shot or some kind of shot, you know, and, and it makes you want to play better. Yeah, the same with tennis. The same with any game. And this was not a game. It was the game of music, if if that's a game. But it does. If you hear something brilliant, it makes you want to. It pulls out your best. You know, it makes you want to come to, come to the party with 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 your best efforts. And that's what it was like with between Rubber Soul and Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper and all that kind of thing. So. There was definitely um, a competition there, but it was always a mutual admiration society at the same time. There's nothing negative about it. Well, nobody's been more, uh, you know, uh, wonderful about our Pet Sounds album in in general, and God only knows specifically, than Paul McCartney. And that's a great honor because, I mean, nobody's more prolific and and a better songwriter than Paul McCartney. (laughs) So it's, it's wonderful. We've always had a wonderful... Uh, you know, if, if some people thought it was a rivalry, that's great. But it was more of a mutual admiration society. And that time period, the '60s, was so rich with music. I mean, you know, the Temptations and all of Motown, for instance, along with the Beatles, along with the Beach Boys, a lot of fantastic music. And so we're we're just thrilled to be able to to, to still have our songs appreciated to this day.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, God only knows was was Paul's favorite. Uh, do you have a, a personal favorite one?
2: They're all such great songs, but I think California Girls is incredibly great. I I love that song. I think it's fantastic. I wrote all the words, and my cousin Brian did the the track with the the great musicians in L.A. called The Wrecking Crew. And so, yeah, that's one of my favorites. But there's many, many favorites, you know. Uh, Serving USA, Good Vibrations, I Get Around, Fun, 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 Help Me, Rhonda you know, California Girls is right up there,
0: though. Definitely. Uh, it's the dead of summer, and you guys have so many great beach-style songs with Surfing USA and Surfer Girl and, and all the rest. But you mentioned In My Room, which is sort of different from that. That's more of a introspective, haunting kind of song. But Explain sort of the range you guys had from sort of those more bubbly um, surfer songs
2: as opposed to some some of the really heavier stuff you did. Well, you know, in life, you know, our music kind of, emulates life in a way i mean life you have your moments where you're introspective or 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 melancholy yeah maybe something didn't go so right or maybe you're concerned about your life and what it's going to become or what it has become or whatever like for instance in the, the warmth of the sun uh the song we wrote together brian and i it was as a result of, of it was very moody brian had this really moody melody and this beautiful harmonies going and I I wrote the words uh, having to do with a, an infatuation I have with this girl, <laughs> but she didn't feel the same way towards me that I felt towards her. So it was over. It was not. It wasn't happening. Yeah. But you had at least felt felt that love, and so you, it was. It was. It was something. That I I paraphrase it as it was an analogy. The warmth of the sun became the memory. Of having felt that way even though it's over it never really happened you know maybe it was just a fantasy but it did affect you and so um, the warmth of the Sun was a melancholy thing it was about a sad event or something that was disappointing or but you know you, you were emotionally involved but no longer uh, was it real wow. however there was the memory of having felt that way yeah. so even though it was not the most fun thing to experience at least there was something good about it and so that was my contribution to the warmth of the sun was the 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 positive, the silver lining on the cumulus nimbus cloud, I call it.
0: Oh, wow. It
2: was, it was a sad thing, but there there was something about it that was that was good. People will ask me, what is your favorite song? <laughs> well, it depends on my mood.
0: <laughs> That's a good point, and there's so many of them to choose from. So uh, for, every, for every mood, you guys exactly. captured it all. Um, before we go, you have a memoir?
2: Yes, I sure do. It's called Good Vibrations, My Life as a Beach Boy by Mike Love. And I work with a really excellent writer named Jim Hirsch, who's had some New York Times bestsellers. He's researched the Beach Boys. He probably knows more about the Beach Boys than I ever will. <laughs> but it's really great because he did extensive interviews with me over the last couple of years. We spent a lot of time together at my homes or he'd come and visit me on tour. And uh, interviews with myself and other people involved with the group, you know, family members and and other others. So it's a rather comprehensive look at the at the the career of my life, starting as a child, and the family uh, growing up, and the musical uh, the things that, the musical environment in which I grew up, uh, and uh, culminating in, in just last year's Christmas get together. You know, I mean it's just, so it's pretty comprehensive, and it and it addresses from my point of view in my voice what what went on with the group you know what my contribution was and you know and there it wasn't always easy to to think about it or write about it and i did a a, a an audio book too i read it out it took me three and a half days to read the book um, at my recording studio in lake tahoe my home in tahoe and it was emotional you know in some parts of it was just really upbeat and cool because we're talking about really fantastic, positive things like Good Vibrations going to number one in 1966 and the number one group in Great Britain, number two being the Beatles, number four, the Stones. And so, <laughs> wow. I mean, there's really highs, but there are also some, some emotional things like the, the passing of my cousin Carl mm-hmm. Wilson, who was so, such a dedicated musician and and first cousin, you know, known all of all of his life. I was older than he, and a lot of the disappointments in 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 uh, not being credited for some of the songs that I had written, which I ultimately had to go to court to establish authorship, wow. which was a bummer, but it had to be done. Yeah. And so there's things that are not so pleasant to recall, and they're like the, maybe the death of my sister who you know, passed away from cancer or my father or, you know, these, the, these are emotional things in a person's life, you know, family members, you know, getting sick and, and passing away. And, and, you know, there's, so there's ups and downs, and, but by and large, I mean, you have to, if you're going to be objective about it, what the Beach Boys have done musically is given so much pleasure happiness, and, and, and positive, a positive gift to so many millions of people that I think if you get hung up on the not-so-great part, you're missing the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is a fantastic, almost miraculous um, body of music that is, has that is uplifted and entertained so many people for so many generations now. Worldwide, so um, that's what I primarily choose to focus on. I, I've always been one to try to accentuate the positive, even if things weren't so great. You know, you have—I a, a, have—a lot to be thankful for, in spite of all the things that you could get hung up on and be, be you know, depressed about. Because I choose to to put my attention on, you know, what I'm doing today and tonight, I think if you accentuate the positive and and be appreciative of of life's gifts, I think you're a lot better off, you know.
0: I love that outlook. It's amazing. When that movie love and Mercy came out a couple years ago, what did you make of that movie was it was that pretty accurate was it uh did it do you think it'll get a new generation uh, back into you guys' music
2: I don't know i don't it's more like about you know Brian and his ups and downs with his psychiatrist and and, and his, his relationship with his wife and stuff It's not mm-hmm. so much of a documentary of of the beach Boys per se you right. know so mm-hmm. i I don't know but it just further perpetuates the 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 variety of ways in which people can appreciate the Beach Boys music. So whatever my cousin Brian and I did going back as far as five decades – Going forward to you know the, our most recent number one hit was Kokomo that was 30 years ago, <laughs> so it's miraculous and wonderful that our music is appreciated as much as it is to this day.
0: Well, it's it's just timeless. I honestly think the type of music you guys made it's it's just going to be around forever. If you ask me, at least I hope so. <laughs> we appreciate your time. It was awesome talking to you.
2: Well, thank you, Jason. Thank thanks a lot for putting me on your part of the programming. <laughs>
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner. L.L.C. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: I next spoke with songwriting genius Brian Wilson and his wife Melinda during a mental health summit at the National Press Club in 2015. Timed with the release of the biopic Love and Mercy. Beautiful movie. What was it like when you guys saw the movie for the first time? To see your own life up there, and oh, I know and it was I a long fell
3: time. I felt very close to the movie because the actors that played me played me very well, very accurately. Yeah. So it was quite an experience.
0: How was it seeing her play you?
1: Who could ask for anybody better than Elizabeth? She's amazing, I thought. She did a great job.
0: And Brian, how much contact did you have with Paul and John Cusack before? Well,
3: she... They spent a couple of weeks with me to pick up on my mannerisms and stuff. So they got me down path.
1: Mostly, mostly John, because Paul had more material to educate himself through. But John was at our house quite a bit. Right, right. This <laughs> but he's is- lovely, so it was amazing. We loved having him.
0: Awesome. I should I should tell you guys, congratulations, right? Is it is this your, is this your twenty years of marriage? Yeah. yeah. February
1: it was twenty.
0: What's the secret? Is it in is it in the title? Is it Love and Mercy or what's the secret?
1: Yeah, a lot of love and mercy and um I don't know, it just flew by. It doesn't seem like twenty years. No, it doesn't, but you
3: know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it is.
0: Yeah, um, you said in the in the press conference some of these issues is, is you've been dealing with them for about forty years. What would you say to someone else that may be young? They have a lot going on too in their head. And what would you say to them after dealing with it forty years? Hey, kid, I'm here's so how I would help. do
3: take drugs. That would be my advice.
0: How can they deal with it on a daily basis? Let's say they're not taking drugs, but I'm they're still battling.
3: One day at a time. They're like one day at a time. Yeah.
1: And they have to talk. They have, to, they have to tell people what they're going through mm-hmm. instead of just doing it alone because there's so many support groups out there. They need to seek support and help, just yeah. like if they had any other kind of disease. But for some reason, our society puts a very a stigma on mental illness. Mental illness, the word mental illness, and people go, oh, no.
0: How do we break the stigma?
1: I think what we're doing here today, and what uh, Change Directions has been doing the campaign, that's how you do it. You get the word out. You mm-hmm. talk about it. It shouldn't be a taboo. Yeah. Especially when one in tw- uh, five people are suffering.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> that's it's, a everywhere. Lot. it's everywhere. You live. It's and everywhere. It's everywhere. How many people not, in this room? Not only that, it's hereditary. Yeah. So it will continue, continue with, you know, new generations. So we have to talk. Absolutely.
0: Brian, how did the movie accurately capture your musical process? Or take- yes, it did.
3: Yeah. Paul Dano absolutely captured my... my uh, the way I produced records, he even sang like me.
0: What What is that musical process? Take me with inside of you of when, when you... Have the idea of, of of music coming aboard. Take me into that process of how that actually comes out of you.
3: Well, it comes out of my heart. I feel I have a feeling, and that feeling guides my hands along the keys, and then I just start humming a melody, and then I scribble out the words.
0: And how do you free yourself to take chances and do things differently? Because a lot of a lot of things that you did in your music was really. On the edge, you were you were taking things into, into a new place. So, uh, how do you free yourself to to go where no one's gone before musically?
3: Well, like when we did "Smile," yeah. that's that was an example of how we we explored music a, a little farther into it.
0: Yeah, is it wild to you that you know when you hear someone like Paul McCartney saying "God only knows" is the best written song of all time? Is it is it weird to say, "Hey, that came out of me"?
3: Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> couldn't believe that he thought that. That yeah.
0: was great. Where were you when you came up with, with God Only Knows? Because I think the the lyrics kind of I kinda came sung.
3: off down off listening to Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Yeah. And I went to my piano and I started writing God Only Knows. I said, I'm going to make an album just like Rubber Soul. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you have any personal ones that, I mean, that's, that's what he said was the best written, but do you personally hold certain ones that are almost hidden gems?
3: Well, I'd have to say California Girls, you know.
0: Yeah. Why is that?
3: Because of Mike's voice, oh yeah. yeah, the way he sings, unbelievable singer. Is there a point where
0: I mean, because you've been playing these songs for decades, it, are there is there a point you get tired of singing certain ones, or do you always no, does no, it bring it no, right no, back?
3: Always
0: bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the cool things I thought in the movie too was. Uh, I mean, we've all heard good vibrations, but after seeing the movie, and you think about it in a new way, is you're picking up good vibrations, and is it almost like you're picking up these musical vibrations from, from above, from, you know, from yeah. the world around? From,
3: from God.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Thank sir. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. Finally, I spoke with actor Paul Dano, who portrayed young Brian Wilson in the movie. Thanks for having me. You were born in 84, right? Mm. Same as me. Okay. okay, so when did you fall in love with this music? For me, it was through, through my parents, but how has how is, how is this music kind of just come down to our generation? How is it so
4: timeless? Yeah, for me, there's been a few phases of, of the Beach Boys in my life. One is, you know, as a kid, probably just after Disney songs comes <laughs> the Beatles and the Beach Boys, I think. I mean, I feel like that's something in that, that parents <laughs> might play, you know, in the car ride somewhere, right. Disney songs, and then eventually you get to the Beatles. And, and then I think in high school, I remember starting to play music, and I remember you know a few people who really you know seemed to know about music. Pet Sounds started yeah. to have sort of a mythology around it, yeah. uh, and I remember getting into Pet Sounds probably like late high school, early college, and and being surprised that was not my memory of you know my kids' Beach Boys that yeah. that I knew. Um, And then there's, uh, you know, a third tier for me, which is like obsessive fandom now, which is from spending months and months and months listening and learning to play the piano and learning to sing these songs and um, really dissecting them. And oh, man, I love, 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 love it. I mean, I really do think Pet Sounds and Smile are, are two of the greatest albums ever made you know there's there's been nothing like it before or since um, and I uh, I'm so happy I got to spend a good chunk of my life uh, listening to that music it's so great obviously we know you know that in movies a lot of
0: sound design is done after the fact obviously but when you 're on set and you 're asked to do those scenes where let 's say it 's the cl- clanking of dishes and silverware and you 're hearing it in your head or just the picking up good vibrations of the song ideas that are permeating, how was how it handled on set is, is there like is the director playing some music for you some sounds
4: to, to get those facial expressions Well you know it, it, all kinds of ways I mean this was a really spirited set because everybody loved and cared about Brian. Um, the studio stuff, we, we filmed in the studio. Brian actually recorded Pet Sounds in back in 1965. Oh, wow. so, and we had real musicians play the wrecking crew, the, the studio musicians, and some of them were his current touring band. So we were actually doing everything live. I mean, it was so spirited and so fun and delicious and creative. Um, so the music stuff really took care of itself, you know, in some way. Some of the other sides of his life, the, the real struggle, you know, that was challenging, um, and it was uh, wild to, to be on the seesaw of, of creativity and joy in the music, and then real struggle and pain in, in, in inside or in one's personal life. Um, uh, I certainly use music to help me as an actor, um, but... Um, I, it's a collaborative thing, and, and frankly, I'm not always sure how, how one does it. You sort of, uh, you know, uh, hope and uh, throw yourself in. <laughs> now, when in the process did you meet Brian? Did you meet him in preparing for the role, or after the movie, or how did that work? I did, but I waited quite a while to meet him in, in preparation. I, you know, he was, I think, different in the 60s than he is now, and I also immediately felt with Brian that uh, capturing his, his spirit... Or trying to get a bit of uh, soul was what was most important not you know the external the sort of any kind of mimicry or you know it was really uh, he really felt like a special human being to me and so I wanted a lot of time where I just took in the music and did any of the other research I had to do And, and he's also a sensitive guy so I I only wanted to ask him stuff that I felt I needed to. Otherwise, I just wanted to really get to know him. You, you know, he's trusting me to play him, so I also wanted him to know me. Um, and I loved meeting him. Uh, and uh, the, the most fun thing to talk about surely was the music. He really can, you know, light up and relax. and. Um, and then luckily, you know, they were in their 20s when they were doing this. There was a lot of people I met and talked to who worked with him right. um, back then who were, who were still alive because they were so young. They were yeah, so young. That's
0: the crazy thing about it. Um, what about you? And Did you have any contact with John
4: Cusack in sculpting how you were both going to play the part, or were they done separately and then? We, were, we did it separately and, and sort of by design. Um, I think Bill... Our director uh, didn't think that we needed to meet and, and sort of consult about the character. And I think that's part of the the structure of the, the film. You know, Brian did go into a black hole of sorts in the late 60s, early 70s. And and I play him sort of at the peak of his creativity and then sort of going towards that hole. And, and John plays him sort of coming out of that hole. And, and he is slightly different. So... Um, I think it worked. You know, it's it was a leap of faith in in everybody to trust that. Hey, you know, as long as we go after our respective Bryans, it'll work out. So it was a leap, but I I do think it worked. It's not many stories can
0: cut together the I mean, you're, you're you're wading into the Godfather two waters with that stuff. You know, you you're it's hard to do the parallel thing, but mm. I think it's a beautiful movie. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Nice. Um, and I mean, I really do. I mean, you mentioned how Beach Boys songs—it's like different iterations. There's like the the poppy, fun, mm-hmm. mainstream stuff that you that catch on as a kid, and then you really grow to respect that, you know, the art of it as you get older and you study it more. I've noticed the same thing sort of with with the movies you pick too. I mean, Scorsese said it was the the eternal battle between artistic expression and mm-hmm. uh commercial imperative, mm-hmm. but between a little bit of sunshine that'll make someone laugh and then and then you, then you're with off with Pete D. anderson doing mm-hmm. some crazy stuff for that. So, you know, how do you keep selecting those roles?
4: Um, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, one uh uh, just trying to be myself as best as I can and knowing you know a character w- when I read it that I have something to offer it or, or it has something to offer me because not every job does frankly right. um, and you know um, so I, I think just trying to be me and, and then some of it is it, it choosing me you know if I had complete control over everything you, 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 right. you know it's um, that there's so many uh, factors that go into it Um but I feel very, very lucky. You know, I'm. I've really gotten to work with some some beautiful people, and, and yeah. you know, getting to play Brian Wilson, man. Um, yeah. You know, I'm. I feel, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel lucky. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if we, we end with a
0: little rapid fire? I'll throw out a role, and you tell me uh, one word just the process of acting or working with that director. Oh boy. Yeah? Okay. So, a little bit of sunshine.
4: I think l- learning. You know, being the young man in a van full of uh, some some beautiful actors, uh, you know, I just was thinking about, boy, how am I going to pull this off and just trying to learn. Yeah. There will be blood. Fire. <laughs> the fever dream, making that movie. Yeah. Desert, Sweat, Daniel, Paul, just two of the best, ballsiest, you know, yeah. people you could work with. Uh, and just uh, you gotta got to throw yourself in and go for it. Yeah. Prisoners. Oh. Fear. that was scary no honestly yeah, that was you know uh, you know to be reading uh, to be in bed and reading about uh, trauma or riding the subway and thinking yeah. about you know it's just not what you want to daydream about um, so so that one was uh, particularly scary 12 years just Um it's tough that's one of those funny things as a person where you go well you know I I don't you know I don't I'm certainly not this good Character in the world, but I'm contributing to a story right. that is is hopefully you know um, uh, has a, has a place in the world. So you sort of do your part to be a part of something, which is which is a funny compromise, you know, almost.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: And lastly, love and mercy. Uh, joy. Yeah. Yeah. I, just uh, the music, you know. I I, I couldn't uh, couldn't love it or or Brian more. Um. Uh. And uh, so joy and compassion. Yeah. Awesome. Well,
0: all those we just named, I mean, somehow you have a knack for picking some of the best movies of this generation, so keep it up, sir.
4: Thanks, man. Thanks. Nice meeting you. Yeah, you too.
0: Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.